wanted to share this quote with you tonight. This will kind of be our, our jumping point off tonight. We, we are in the series, The Life of Prayer. This is the last uh, session of that, number four. And we've talked about what it looks like to establish a, a life of prayer. We looked at how Jesus prayed and how he uh, followed the model of the Lord's Prayer. I had a testimony tonight from someone that said they've been using that prayer model since uh, that teaching and how much of a blessing it's been in their life. And that, that encourages me to no end. If, if just that one thing happened over these four weeks, it was worth it. And then last Wednesday night, we talked about the power of crying out in prayer. That's not going to be in your notes tonight because that was an addendum. I think that was something the Holy, Sp the Holy Spirit put on my heart last minute. And so I added that. But we're on the last section of your notes tonight, the apostolic prayers that are found in the Bible. So go to section three of your packet of notes, and that's where we'll be. Um, but I, I do want to start with this quote tonight. And I'll probably say it twice because it's, it's a little bit wordy, but I think you'll understand what, where I'm going with it. If we do not fill our mind with prayer, it will fill itself with anxieties, worries, temptations, resentments, and unwelcome memories. Let me say it again. If we do not fill our mind with prayer, it will fill itself with anxieties, worries, temptations, resentments, and unwelcome memories. One of the goals that I have in regards to prayer for our church is that prayer would be our first choice instead of our last resort. Too many times we have exhausted every resource with a doctor or a banker or a friend or a spouse or a child and we've, we've, we've gone through the conversations and we've tried to look at every angle of something and we have not yet taken it to the Lord in prayer. And my wife reminded me of something that uh, was enacted in her church in Alabama um, that she was attending before she came here and married this wonderful guy. Um, but she said that she learned about prayer by being in the prayer service and sitting next to the person in the service who prayed the loudest. And she said, not only that, not only is that how she learned how to pray, but she was discipled by a couple who said, do not come to us and ask for prayer if you've not first talked to the Lord about this. Because our prayer with you should be a confirmation of what you've already heard from God because you can talk to him and he can talk back to you. And I was just like, Lord, if we could capture that essence of what prayer really is, because I think so many times we see prayer as a ministry of the elite or the chosen few or the older gray hairs in the church. And it's not. It's for every child of God. The language of prayer, the life of prayer, the connection with God in prayer, it's for you and it's for me. And it's for us to exercise and practice and function in on a daily basis. Why? Because if we don't fill our minds with prayer, our minds will be filled with everything else to distract us from God's work and purposes, to distract us from uh, God's plan and perspective. And we need that more than we need anything else. I don't need 
Fox News' perspective. I don't need CNN's perspective. I don't need this political party's perspective or that. I need God's perspective on my life, on my marriage, on my family, on my ministry, on my finances. And, and I'm just telling you, you can read every book on the planet about each one of those topics. But if you and I don't talk to God about those things first, it ain't going to amount to a hill of beans. Because what the Father has to say about us is so critical and so important. And that's why you and I have to learn how to pray. It's like breathing. It's like breathing. It should be. For every Christian should be like breathing. We shouldn't be able to catch our breath without prayer going forth to our God. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean go to a never-ending prayer meeting. It means constantly stay connected with your Father through the Holy Spirit, through prayer, through connection with Him by calling out to Him and then stopping and listening to Him. And one of the ways that I'm learning to do this and one of the ways I want to invite you to learn along with me as a church is to use the apostolic prayers found in Scripture. What, are, what is an apostolic prayer? That sounds so high and lofty. It's simply this. The prayers the apostles prayed. That's, that's all it is, okay? And it's Scripture. And I, heard, I hear so many people, you know, I just, I just want to pray the Lord's will. I'm telling you, if you and I can learn to pray Scripture, we're praying the Lord's will. And learning how to pray these apostolic prayers will make a huge difference in our lives. Now, I've got, I don't know how many listed in your notes tonight, but I'm only going to be able to tackle the first one, okay? So don't freak out and don't look at your notes and go, we're going to be here till midnight. No, we're not. We're going to get out on time. But I wanted to give you all of those prayers so that you can begin a study of and praying through these prayers in your own prayer time. Because there is so much to unpack. At first, it'll sound like just words. And then, and then it'll sound like ritual or rote. And it's like nothing's connecting. But then the Holy Spirit of God will begin to spark the words of God that He enabled the apostles to pray during those times and during those seasons. And it began to bring life and revival and abundance and provision. Um, and I think all of us want to see that. We want to see revival. We want to see abundance. We want to see power. We want to see provision. But it's not going to come from us just wishing it would happen. It's going to come from you and me in our quiet time with the Lord, crying out to Him and saying, Lord, come. And sometimes we don't know what to say. Um, sometimes we, don't, we can't string three or four words together because we're just like, Lord, I don't know what to pray. This is a great place to start because somebody's already prayed. What you and I need to learn how to pray. And I believe as we begin to pray these daily, and let the Holy Spirit use us. These are some of the prayers we use on Sunday nights when we have our Sunday night prayer service. We'll start with the apostolic prayer and then we'll go with the assignment or the need that we're covering. And I just want to remind everybody, if you're new to the church or maybe it's been a while and you've just forgotten because I know uh, familiarity, just kind of things blend in the background. But you'll notice there are 14 
prayer banners or signs around the sanctuary here and in the Brown Chapel. These are the 14 prayer assignments God has called us as a church to pray for. So I hope you'll connect the dots. Tonight when we prayed for homeschoolers and Arrows Academy and going back to school, guess what? We connected with several of our prayer assignments doing that. We connected with children's back there on the back wall. We connected with our community because we're praying for schools. We connected with families. I think that's one of the, um, yeah, family, yeah, families. Um, so every time we have a prayer emphasis or a prayer point, in some way or shape, it's going to come back to these 14 things that God has given us assignment to pray as a church. And so if you ever are wondering what those are, they're here on the walls every week we come in. We try to highlight it when we're praying for something specifically, but I just wanted to remind everyone of that because sometimes things can get lost. You just... You, have, you, you can see them, but you're blind to them because they're always there. So I just wanted to, to point those out to you. But as you pray these prayers, you can tie these apostolic prayers back to these assignments that the Lord has given us to pray. So if you, I believe if you would have asked the Apostle Paul, what is one of the biggest needs in the body of Christ? I believe he would have pointed to this prayer he prayed in Ephesians 1. Because this prayer in Ephesians 1 represents the greatest spiritual need in every believer's life. This prayer reveals the area of which Satan attacks believers the most. And this prayer represents what God the Father is committed to releasing an answer to prayer, and the Lord will release the answer to this prayer in the measure that it is prayed for. And this is it, Ephesians 1, 17 to 20, that the Father of glory, that's God in heaven, may give to you, you and me, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's the prayer right there. That's the greatest need that you and I have on planet earth. That's the greatest need that the body of Christ has on planet earth. That the Father of glory would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The general prayer is this, that I will increase, that the church of Jesus Christ will increase in the knowledge of God. Why is that so important? Because when we're increasing in the knowledge of God, that means we're decreasing in the knowledge of everything else. And everything that God desires and has planned comes into fruition and light and perspective. And so uh, it's funny, Mike Bickle says that this is the most prayed prayer at IHOP Kansas City at the International House of Prayer. That's not the International House of Pancakes. It's the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. This is the most prayed prayer. Why? Because it's the biggest need the church has. Now, the rest of those prayers listed out in your notes are very important as well. But we've got to start with this one, that the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding, some translations say the eyes of your heart, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. 
Let me break it down because it'll make a lot more sense when I break it down. We all know Paul's kind of wordy. He likes those run-on sentences, so let me break it down a little bit. The general prayer is that we'll increase in the knowledge of God. The specific prayer is that your eyes and my eyes of our heart and understanding would supernaturally be aided by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Why is that important? So we can see what God sees and we can feel what God feels. How many of you would love to see what God sees and feel what God feels? It's available to us. He is tripping over himself, ready to enable us to see that. But we've got to ask him for it. He's not going to force it on us. He's not going to zap us one day. There's got to be a hunger created in our hearts to see what God sees and feel what God feels. And I believe that the Lord is stirring that hunger up in this body of believers. I believe the Lord is starting uh, to move in ways that we haven't seen or felt in a while. And it may be the situations we find ourselves in. It may be the times we're living in. We're closer to the end times than we've ever been on the planet. It may be the, the way society is going or not going according to what we think is right or wrong. But I believe the Lord is beginning to stir a hunger up in the people of God that we would long to see what God sees and feel what God feels. And the only way we can do that, we cannot do that with the natural mind. Our natural mind hits a brick wall every time. You can read every book. You can read every commentary. You can go to every seminary. You can study every Hebrew word, every Greek lexicon. But guess what? Your mind, your natural mind and my natural mind will hit a brick wall every time if not aided by the Holy Spirit to understand what God wants to show us. And the only way that happens is not by just wishing it will happen. We pray, we ask the Lord, aid my mind supernaturally by your Holy Spirit to see what you see and to feel what you feel. So the general prayer is an increase in the knowledge of God. The specific prayer is the eyes of our heart and understanding would be supernaturally aided by the power of the Holy Spirit for these three things. Number one, to know the hope of His calling. I'm telling you, if you and I will ever get an understanding or revelation of the hope of His calling for our lives, guess what? We can't help but change because His plans are so much bigger than our plans. His thoughts are so much higher and loftier than our thoughts. And His love for us, God, you're God's favorite. He sees something in you. Do you know that? You are God's favorite. He sees something in you. That's why He sent His Son. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but I'm getting ahead of myself. But know means this. That word know, the Greek word there, means by experience. It's not an intellectual knowledge. It's not a head knowledge, an intellectual assent. It's not information. It's experience. It's the, same, it's the same Greek derivative of the Hebrew word of Adam knowing Eve. He knew her intimately in a way that no one else knew her because he experienced her. Does that make sense? God wants us to experience him and know him by experience. And that word hope there 
is not the you know two dollar word that we throw around for hope today. Well, you know, you owe me twenty bucks. Are you going to be able to pay me back? Well, I hope so. You know, what is that and five dollars will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. You you don't know if you're going to get the twenty bucks back or not. That hope in English is such a weak word, but it means confidence in Scripture. It means guaranteed. So listen to this, that we'll know by experience the hope and confidence of his calling. That's the first thing that comes out of that prayer that we're praying to increase in the knowledge of God. The second thing that comes out of that prayer is that we'll know by experience the riches of being God's inheritance. Did did you know that we are God's inheritance through Jesus? Did you know that? And we are Jesus' inheritance because of the love of the Father. And you can intermingle Jesus and God because, yes, God is God and Jesus is God. And God came in the flesh as Jesus, as a man, but he was still 100% God. So if you're praying to God or Jesus, it's the same thing. Does that make sense? Don't get hung up in the who's, who's what there. But we know the experience, by experience, the riches of being God's inheritance. That's what I was talking about when we're God's favorite, we're his inheritance. I'll, I'll never forget when I was, you know, we get, we get down sometimes, even pastors. I know it's tough to believe that. But we, you know, we put our pants on the same way everybody else does, you know, one leg at a time. And there are days when we're just, we compare ourselves with others. Well, I don't, I wish I had what they had or wish I could do what they can do and this and that and the other. And, and I'm just like, Lord, I... I just, I, I just, I wish, I wish, I wish. And, and he said, am I not enough for you? Now, that's a loaded question. Because, of course, and it, it smote my heart. It cut past all the junk and went straight to the core of my heart when he said, am I not enough for you? Because I know that he is my inheritance. And I learned that the hard way by complaining and fussing. But Jesus is always enough and he's my inheritance. But when I read this, having had that experience, it just burst forth in my heart. But I'm his inheritance. He's not just my inheritance. I'm his inheritance. He has a love for me and a desire for me. He sees something in me. There's potential there that only he can help me realize I can never realize it in my own strength or my own way. I've got to be aided supernaturally by the Holy Spirit of God. So we know by experience the hope of his calling. We know by experience the riches of being God's inheritance. And then lastly, we know by experience the exceeding greatness of God's power. That means we can walk in God's power in a greater and more consistent way. When we begin to pray this prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm in line for every one of these three things. Like I'm signing up. I want a part of this. I don't want to let this just go. I want to dig deep. I want to find out what this means and what this looks like. And I'm not saying that if you'll pray this prayer three times a day for 21 days that, you know, this will happen or that will happen. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as we pray these apostolic prayers, because you have to look at the author who was writing this prayer. This was Paul writing from his prison cell in Rome. He's not sitting on a 
pied-à-terre somewhere with being served hand and foot with drinks and grapes and people fanning him. No, he's in a Roman prison. And he's writing to the church that he knew so very well. Why? Because he established it with the help of the Holy Spirit in Ephesus. He was there when the revival was happening. He was there when the elders were chosen. He was there when people's lives were being transformed and the city was turned upside down. But now he is in a Roman prison thinking about the good old days. But look, he's not just focusing on the good old days. He's looking ahead at what is to come. And he's able to pray this amazing, awesome prayer. Paul says, I'm praying to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. In that first part there, the God who did for Jesus in his humanity what he desires to do for us all. What's Paul saying there? I'm praying to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, hey, that same God that gave Jesus the power necessary to do what he was sent to earth to do, he wants to impart to us. Okay? And then the Father of glory, the very glory that God possesses is the glory he imparts and wants to impart to us. And and it's it's not the glory of attention or notoriety. It's the glory of power, manifest presence, Uh, majesty, splendor. God's saying, I want to impart that to you as my sons and daughters. So Paul sets it up by saying, hey, everything God did for Jesus, he's wanting to impart to us. And then the same glory that God has for himself, he wants to give some of that to each one of us. He's saying, I am the God who has all of the glory, the manifest splendor and power, and I give and impart glory to your life. I don't know about you, but I I need some glory sometimes. Not from people, but from God, but from God. And let me say this. This is not something that happens once and then we've got it. This is a prayer we pray over and over and over. And it's not that we're praying, you know, beating our head on the wall or, or having to crawl over broken glass to get God's attention. No, It's a prayer that every time it's prayed, a little bit more is revealed. Does that make sense? It's not, I'm going to pray this prayer and then this big curtain gets thrown back and we see it all. That's not how that works. It would kill us. God reveals himself little by little. Sparks of inspiration, sparks of hope, that guarantee. Showing us his glory in increments so that we can understand it. We can apply it, move forward in it, and allow it to transform us from the inside out. That's what this prayer does. It's not a one and done. It's not take two prayers and call me in the morning. It's I have to pray this every day. It's got to be a part of my journey with the Lord and my seeking what he has for me in, in this life that he's given me. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation is the living understanding of the knowledge of God or the eyes of your understanding or your heart are opened little by little, mostly baby steps. So this is why it gets frustrating to us because we want it all now. We're Americans and we feel like we're entitled to all of it now. 
Now, let me say this. There will be times and seasons where there'll be a bigger download or a larger experience or encounter with God. But it's every encounter along the way, whether large or small, that builds this power and glory and this uh, hope and the riches of being God's inheritance, his love for us. All that is building in us. And guess what? It's not just for us. It should slosh out of our bucket and, and fall over onto others around us. They should experience indirectly what we're experiencing directly from the presence of God. It's, it's an illustration like a cloudy day. It's really dark and then you'll see just a pinpoint of sunlight break through. You ever been driving down the road or walking outside and it's kind of cloudy and, but then all of a sudden there's a, a ray of sunshine that just breaks through and then maybe another one and then another. It's just little by little. That, that's that glory of God breaking through the cloudiness of our heart and our mind revealing to us a living understanding of the knowledge of Him. Our, the eyes of our heart being open little by little. So we might ask the question, well, why do we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation? These three spiritual truths, let me restate this, cannot be gained by intellectual ability or by the natural mind that does not have the capacity to receive spiritual truth. It's got to be through the mind aided by the Holy Spirit supernaturally to understand and to see. And again, it's to see what God sees and to feel what God feels. At salvation, 1 Corinthians 2, 12 to 14, it says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them or experience them. There's that word again, know, because they are spiritually discerned. That's why I want to encourage you to be open to and ask God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be released in your life. Because it's got to be through an aided mind by the Holy Spirit supernaturally. It cannot be in the strength of the flesh. It cannot even be a heart with good intentions. It's got to be a heart and a mind exposed to the Spirit of God. And it has to be aided by the Holy Spirit on a supernatural level to understand it and walk in it. But we should pray regularly, Holy Spirit, let your gifts be at work in my life. And what are those gifts? Well, there's the fruit of the Spirit. We Most of us know that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. But the gifts of the Spirit are tongues and interpretation of tongues, miracles, uh, faith, uh, they're, they're discerning of spirits. There's gifts that He wants to give us so that we can operate correctly in the body of Christ and in the world so that we fulfill the job He has for us. One of the things I'm, I'm starting to understand more is it's not how big your ministry is. It's not how big your influence is. It's not um, how well you can articulate something. It is your obedience level 
to an internal transformation on this side of eternity. I, I really am starting to believe that it's really all about how am I internally being transformed in the image of Christ? Because that's the only thing that's going to prepare me for my eternal destiny with God forever. It's not going to be how big the church is or how many people did this or that or whatever. How good I can preach. It's not about that. It's about is there love in my life being developed? Is there humility in my heart being developed? And you know what that does? It puts everybody on an equal playing field. And then you don't have all these big eyes and little U's in the kingdom. Everybody's working on an internal growth plan, so to speak, of being developed by the Spirit of God. And the more we open ourselves to that, and I think praying these prayers opens our spirit to the development necessary so that love and humility and peace and kindness, those are qualities that are eternal because we'll be using those qualities. It's like skills on a job here. You want to get the most skills you can to excel in the job that you, career, that path that you want to follow. God's, this, I think, is kind of the same way in the kingdom. We want to excel in the things that he values. He doesn't value large numbers or buildings or offerings. or the, He values our transformation. Why? Because he sent his son to die for our transformation. Not just to, to capture us from hell and give us life or fire insurance, but so that we are transformed into the image of his son because we're his son's inheritance, we're his inheritance. So he's, he's put a lot of stake into each one of us. So if you're here tonight and you're wondering, nobody loves me, does God have a plan for my life? Do I mean anything? To, yeah, you're, you, are, you are on his list in a major way. In fact, if he showed you his list, your name would probably be the only one on it. But he can do that because he's God. He can do that individually with each one of us. So I want you to leave here tonight knowing you're his favorite. And he wants to work in you and develop in you the character and characteristics of the kingdom so that you and I are prepared for our eternal work with him forever and ever. If we will learn to focus on that, on this side of eternity, it makes life a lot more enjoyable. There's, the, the pressure's kind of off, in a sense, because we're not trying to meet expectations of people around us. We're trying to fall in line and meet the expectations of our Creator, who has plans for us in this life, yes. But guys and gals, this is just training ground for the next life. And we got to get it right here so we'll have it right there in an eternal resurrected body. Um, I, I'm, I'm just being exposed to this teaching and it's just, it's just churning inside of me and I love it. It's, it's great. I hope you're getting something from it. I am. And, and if you're not, that's okay. I'm done tonight. So, um, But let's, let's go to the next prayer tonight. We'll see how far we can get in the next few minutes we have with a couple more of these. But that's, that's just a deep kind of deep dive into Ephesians 1. 17 to 20. So I, I hope that encourages you to want to pray this prayer. At least start with this one. If you don't get to any of the other ones, start with this one. Look at those three things. Ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. Reveal what those things mean and look like in your life. And then be open to that transformation power that the Holy Spirit brings. Uh, this second one is found in Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory 
to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's a lot of words. And if you want to break that down in your own personal study, this, this um, synopsis would be the best word I could come up or summary sentence of this. Praying to receive the Spirit's power so that Jesus' presence would be manifest in me so that I can experience God's love. That's a simple way to say that. Now, it's much deeper than that. But that's a good summary statement of that verse, verses of, in, found in Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. That we would pray to receive the Spirit's power. We, we need Holy Spirit's power. I, I can't do it on Justin's power. And you can't do it on your power. It's going to come up short every time. So we pray to receive the Spirit's power so that Jesus' presence would be manifest in us. A lot of times we're looking for an outward manifestation. We need an inward manifestation first because whatever's on the inside is going to come out. Garbage in, garbage out. Presence of Jesus in, presence of Jesus out. See what I'm saying? And we do this so we experience God's love in a greater measure. Now, God loves us whether we experience it or not. We need to grab hold of that first. But He wants us not just to know it. He wants us to experience it more than we ever could imagine because His love is so deep and so vast. The next one, Philippians 1, 9 to 11, that your love may abound still more. There's another one of those character words, love. Still more and more in knowledge of God and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. And the summary sentence for that would simply be pray for God's love to abound in us by the knowledge of God. That goes back to Ephesians 1, that we would increase in the knowledge of God, resulting in righteousness in our lives. Can I just say that if we would focus on not being offended until Christ returns, the church would explode in growth, in health, in vitality, in life, in love. Why? Because so many people are sitting in offense right now that they're not rejecting that. And so they're stuck. Anytime we sit in offense, not on offense, in offense, we're stuck. The Lord cannot move us without us being willing to forgive, without being open to Him. He's not going to bully us and push us on through. He's going to let it cook in us until we get tired and miserable. And, and I can't live this way anymore. So let, and that's just one little phrase out of that prayer. But these are prayers that we're praying every day. And these are prayers that the apostles prayed. Colossians 1, 9 to 11 Pray to know God's will. Or that, let me read the scripture first. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That goes right back to Ephesians 1. That's wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may have a walk worthy of the Lord, 
fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and there's increasing in the knowledge of God. There's that phrase again. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. The summary statement for that would be pray to know God's will and to be fruitful in ministry and strengthened by intimacy with Him. Can I just say something? You and I will never be fruitful in ministry if we're not being strengthened in intimacy with the Lord. If you and I are not daily spending time in Father's presence with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to make any difference to anyone, anywhere, because it will be the strength of the flesh or it will be what our eyes, natural eyes see and what our natural mind judges that needs to be the answer or the solution or the resolution to the situation. We've got to have the Holy Spirit Show us, and that only comes from spending time in intimacy with the Lord. And there's no shortcuts to that. There's no cliff notes to that. It's time spent, is experience seen or encounter of God understood and, and, and seen and then lived out. And, and I just, I can't emphasize that enough. Fruitful ministry follows intimacy with God. And the ones that you see have a fruitful ministry, they're probably spending the time. They're praying the price. They're not just paying the price, but they're praying the price. Let's look at Romans 15, 5 through 6 and verse 13. May the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the Father. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is one that we pray over our life groups and life group leaders a lot because this deals with community um, and, and unity. And the summary statement would be pray for unity in the church and to be filled with supernatural joy, peace, and confidence. That hope that we talked about earlier. Let's finish out with 1 Corinthians 1, 5 and 8, and then we'll pray and close together. That you were enriched in everything by Him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the, the summary prayer for that would be pray to be enriched by all the gifts of the Spirit, including powerful preaching and prophetic revelation. Let me say that again. Pray to be enriched by all the gifts of the Spirit, including powerful preaching and prophetic revelation. So I, I hope you'll take these notes home and I hope that you'll underline in your Bible these apostolic prayers. And, and my hope, too, is that you would, in your prayer journal, write these out. The more times I write Scripture out, the better I remember it, the better it gets in me. So say it while you write it and, and memorize it and let it become a part of your prayer regimen every day. Because these prayers are, you have to remember, the writers of Scripture were carried along by the Holy Spirit without error. So these prayers are without error. So if you want to pray a home run prayer every time, here you go. There's like 25 of them right here. Start here 
and unpack them. Let the Holy Spirit teach you what each one of them means. And you'll notice that a lot, a lot of things overlap, like the knowledge of, of God, um, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the character of the believer. You'll see those things all throughout these prayers and you'll start to pick up and understand why. Because Holy Spirit is aiding your natural mind to get through that barrier to see what God sees and to feel what God feels. If you want that, I want to pray for you tonight because I want you to have it. And the Lord wants you to have it. He wants you to have it more than you want it and more than, more than I want you to have it. He wants you to operate in this. And he wants you and I to pray these prayers in faith, believing that the transformation work that's necessary will be taking place and we will grow and we will go from glory to glory in our relationship with him. So can I pray for you? Father, as we close tonight, I know that um, this lesson's been a little bit different from the other three. The other three had more structure and there were more defined notes. And, but Lord, I just feel like this was a heart-to-heart talk of digging into the Word of God, knowing the prayers of Scripture and letting them shape how we pray and interact with you so that we're transformed in everything you desire for us. Everything you desire for us, like knowing the hope of our calling and knowing the vast wealth and riches of being your inheritance and knowing the exceeding greatness of your power so that we can walk in greater power and more consistently. Father, that's your desire for us. And Lord, we don't want to fall short. We don't want to miss out. We don't want to let the life just pass us by and get to the end of it and realize I didn't get as developed inside as I should have been. Father, show us how to dig deep into your word. Show us how to understand these prayers through the help of your Holy Spirit. And Father, may this be an ongoing life project. Lord, again, that's why I've called this series The Life of Prayer. This is not, you know, four points and we've got it and we move on to the next thing. This is a daily thing. Pastor uh, even emphasized that, Lord Jesus, on Sunday. When he said, it's got to be that we're in the word and in the Lord's presence. There's no other means of grace by which we will grow and develop and become the people of God that you've called us to be. So Father, if my brothers and sisters here tonight want this, I'm asking that you would begin to put a hunger in them. A hunger to increase in the knowledge of God that the eyes of their heart, the eyes of their understanding would be supernaturally aided by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we see what you see and feel what you feel. Lord, we know that prayer is important. But Lord, sometimes we put it on the same level as well paying my taxes is important making sure I love my wife or my husband, that's important. Making sure I feed my kids, that's... No, Lord, this far exceeds all of those things that this life requires of us. So I pray that you would show us what that looks like and how we can walk in it. And Lord, I look forward to the day when we see the temperature of revival in this house grow white hot and the temperature of the kingdom and the results of the kingdom grow white hot and it's off the charts because we're pursuing you. We're we're going after you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
And Lord, you promised you'd meet us. Every time we turn to you, you'd meet us there. So Lord, impart your glory. <laughs> impart your manifest splendor and power that you already possess to those who are seeking you. It's not for flash and glitz and glam. It's not even to have our name on a sign. Lord, it's so that we can be developed internally and equipped to do the work that you've called us to do now and in the life to come. Prepare us for everything we have need of and everything you've planned for us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.